You know more about what matters in your life because you listen to the Pensacola Expert Panel with Jenna Barr. 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. The views and opinions expressed here on the Pensacola Expert Panel are not those necessarily of News Radio 92.3 1620, but those of Terrence A. Gross of Gross and Schuster, attorney at law. Yes, joining us now on the phone is Terrence A. Gross with Gross and Schuster. Always love having you join us, Terry, and uh, share so much information. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Well, I'm excited. You always bring a, a fresh topic every week when we get to, to hang out together. And so I'm kind of excited to hear what you've got in store for us. Well, I wouldn't get excited. I mean, truthfully, we're talking about the law, which can be dry. I try to make it interesting. So the word excited, I don't know. But uh, (laughs) today I want to talk about punitive damages, punitive damages. And most of the people know who I am by now, certainly on this station. I've been with you guys for quite some time. But um, I'm I'm a personal injury lawyer. I'm local. I've been here for 43 years. I have both of my sons in with me. I have my son-in-law in with me. We have five offices throughout the Panhandle. Our primary office is Pensacola at the corner of Palafox and Cervantes. It's a 1915 building. It's the old Board of Health, the original Board of Health uh, for Pensacola. And uh, we like people dropping in. If you want, we got a lot of history in it. The building itself is a piece of history, and we have a lot of old-school pictures. But... Um, Anyway, we're local, and uh, we don't have billboards. We don't have TV ads. I like to do radio, just like these informationals, where I give you something and educate the public as opposed to telling you how great I am or my latest big verdict or my latest big settlement. So I want to talk about the topic of punitive damages. And if you think about that word, it's sort of self-explanatory in that punitive means to punish. These are damages that punish a defendant, and they're very separate and distinct from what we call compensatory damages, and compensatory damages compensate an accident victim, compensate them for pain and suffering, compensate them for medical bills, for lost wages, for mental anguish. They compensate them. But the punitive damages are meant to punish. And you only see punitive damages in very limited circumstances. In fact, the law for quite some time now has said that if I file a complaint, like I say I file suit tomorrow, I am not allowed by law to include a prayer or a count for punitive damages. What I have to do is file a regular lawsuit do some depositions, do some discovery, and then after a point in time where I've I've got enough information, then I can file a motion with the judge to amend my my complaint and ask the judge's permission to add a count for punitive damages. And punitive damages usually only apply to willful and wanton conduct. So not just an accident, something way beyond mere negligence. The best example I can give you where we see it commonly is drunken driving. So even you get drunk and you leave the, the bar and then you have this wreck, and yes, it was an accident. You did not mean to do it. 
But my argument would be, yeah, you didn't mean to cause all this mayhem, but you did intentionally drink alcohol. You did intentionally drive a car, and that's willful and wanton conduct that thereby exposes you to uh, these punitive damages. And because it's willful and wanton, which also sometimes can be equated to almost like purposeful or intentional, insurance companies rarely, if ever, are forced to uh, compensate people for punitive damages. So if I've got car insurance, for instance, with uh, State Farm, uh, and it's regular car insurance, I get drunk and cause an accident, yes, State Farm will be responsible for my uh, compensatory damages. You know, if I hurt the, the medical bills and pain and suffering, they're responsible for that because I cause direct, but they're not responsible for punitive damages. And so the problem then with punitive damages, unless it's a corporate entity, is that punitive damages end up being just a, maybe a paper judgment and thereby uncollectible. So why would I ever bring a claim for punitive damages? Why would a lawyer do that? And I do it uh, as a tactic. So I'll give you a good example. I'm representing two, a young couple right now that was in a car wreck. Due to a drunken driver, he blew a .281, which means he's three, four times the legal limit. This person was snockered. Wow. My client's injuries are, are not that great. The injuries, they're injured. They're injured. I don't want to minimize them, but, you know, their lives are not over um, and so forth. So they got an injury claim. But I told the insurance adjuster that because it's a drunken driver, they're just got to pay more in compensatory damages because I, the way I see it is if you go to court and the jury hears that the defendant's a drunken driver, that's like throwing gas on a fire. I mean, it's going to take your compensatory damages and it's going to magnify them. So if, if people have just a garden variety whiplash, so to speak, well, you know, there's a range that insurance companies usually pay. And if there's a drunken driving case, that range has got to go up because it's, it, there's a big difference. Imagine this. Tell me that you can see the difference. So imagine you're at a red light and you get rear-ended by the nun. The nun is on the way to church. She's in a hurry. She's late. She just messes up, and she rear-ends you. So now you sue the nun and the whatever Catholic church she's affiliated with. You sue them. Uh, I don't think you'd be really anxious to go to court there, uh, no. knowing that the jury's going to learn that you sued the Catholic church. That's a sympathetic defendant. But suing a drunken driver would be every lawyer's dream because everybody universally hates drunken drivers. And it's just going to make the jury more sympathetic towards the plaintiff, and it increases the damages. It's just a reality of life. Insurance companies don't like to hear it, and you got to force it down the throats. But I just settled one, and I probably got twice what the case was worth because we had a drunken driver. I got twice what it normally would have been worth only because 
the defendant was a drunken driver. And that's just the reality. Um, I'll never forget I had a case, and actually I was representing uh, one of my ex-radio show hosts on another station, not this one, but another station. This was 20 years ago, and he retains me where he was hit by a drunken driver, and we sued, and I thought we could settle. We couldn't settle. We ended up in court, and I sued the drunk for punitive damages. And I put, I put the drunk on the witness stand. And he was a complete jerk. He did. He pretty much said, "I don't really give a rat's blank if I hurt anybody or not." I mean, the guy was just, he just hated him. And the lawyer there was just oh, he was just beside himself. The defense lawyer. And so now we get to closing arguments. And I knew the drunk had nothing. The drunk didn't work. He had no assets. He had nothing. He wasn't even driving his own car at the time of the wreck. So when it got finally computed of damages, I looked at the jury, and I said, I think the drunk should pay my client $3,000. And they looked at me like I was from Mars. And so when the jury verdict came back, they gave us $300,000 for punitive. I asked for $3,000. They gave me $300,000, but it was a piece of paper. All it was, it didn't help my client. It didn't help me. It was just a piece of paper because what does a $300,000 judgment against a drunk with no job equate to? It equates to nothing. Uh, but the only reason I sued him was to have that ill will uh, pour over to compensatory damages, which it did, which it did. And we got a good verdict for compensatory on behalf of my client. So... Um, Anyway, so that, that's how the punitive damages work. Um, it, it's very seldom that you're going to be able to collect. There's a few examples. Uh, I'll give you one where I did collect. I'll tell you an example. There was this man, and he had multiple DUIs. And a local retail store still hired him as a driver. How he became a driver, I don't know. Wow. But, of course, you know what happened. You wow. know where we're going with this. So in broad daylight, broad daylight, he uh, causes a wreck. And, of course, he's intoxicated on the job, driving the company truck. And the law says that, of course, he would be exposed to punitive damages. But I was able to also expose the carrier to punitive damages mm. because the law says, uh, if you're if you're negligent, if I can prove that they're vicariously negligent uh, in hiring him, um, that if the punitives would apply, and I of course, if you're going to hire somebody to be a truck driver, shouldn't you run uh, their driver's sheet? I mean, it's available to anybody, and they should have uh, run that, and they would have found out that he had multiple DUIs, and and he should not have been hired as a driver hmm. so anyway that that's just an example uh of of the one of the few examples where you could actually get a corporate entity to uh pay and i guess now with this me too movement going on i think that would apply what if i hired somebody in hr uh that had been fired from a couple other jobs for sexual transgressions 
and then I hire him for my company, and he's hitting on various women, and and maybe even did something, you know, more criminal against a woman. Mm-hmm. I think I would be sure to be held liable for punitive damages for hiring a guy uh, at my company with a past like that that could easily have been vetted, and then you bring him in your company and expose him on your employees. So I can think of various instances like that, but they're rare. They're very rare and, and few and far between. Um, so in these punitive damages, sometimes they could dovetail into what we call the liquor vendor liability law. The liquor vendor liability law is a little bit of a tongue twister there. But it's the law that allows lawyers like me to sue uh, bar owners and drinking establishments if uh, a drunk causes um, injuries in an accident. And actually, this law is more restrictive. So common sense would say you would think that if I'm a bartender at a local bar and I'm serving this guy that is sloppy drunk and I continue to serve him, you would think, I would have liability, but that's not the law. They're, they're actually protected under Florida law. So you, you need more than that to have a successful lawsuit against a bar. You would have to prove that they knew or should have known that the person they're serving is an alcoholic. And that's not the easiest thing to do. So I, I've had a few of those cases. And one of the first things I do, the first legal trick I do is if, if we're in a lawsuit, of course, you got to have subpoena power. That means you have to sue them. The first thing I do would be subpoena the drunk's credit cards. Hmm. And if you get a credit card statement, I'm presuming he paid with a credit card, not cash, but presuming he paid with a credit card, and I can show that he's been coming to this bar the past couple of years three times a week and running up a $100 bar tab, I think I, I'm on my way to proving that they knew this guy was an alcoholic. I mean, there's there's no way to get around that. So I, that, that paper trail will be phenomenal uh, if I'm able to get a hold of that. Um, I saw I saw a very novel case um, out of South Florida where a lawyer was pretty innovative, but he got the bartender to, to testify that he served this guy multiple, multiple, multiple liquor drinks, and the guy didn't seem to be two-phased, which that type of person must be an alcoholic. I mean... You serve the average person three or four liquor drinks, they're going to be intoxicated, or maybe a drunk wouldn't be. So, you know, I thought that was a, a creative way of doing it. But anyway, so uh, that could lead to punitive damage as, as well. Um, if a lawyer does recover punitive damages, if you have a case where they actually recover punitive damages, uh, those damages actually are... Um, going to be uh, taxable. Most awards from a jury or settlements are non-taxable. I'll tell all my clients that when they get their money, that is compensation for a loss and not income. So in most cases, there is no taxation to the plaintiff the proceeds they get, but if you get punitive damages to punish, those are not compensatory damages, and you would be subject to paying income taxes. The other scenario I've heard of punitive damages, you hear about it, um, 
with some of these tobacco cases. You get these big tobacco, and of course, what they do on the willful wanton, they have all there's these smoking guns, all this paperwork that they built up over the decades, where prior employees have testified that they uh, withheld purposely withheld information as to cancer, that they purposely added nicotine to cigarettes to make them more addictive, that they falsely advertised. Remember, we used to have the, uh, you know, light, you know, some marble lights or something to make you think, oh, this is healthier or right. safer, where they really weren't, where they really weren't. Uh, so they, they, there was so much intentional conduct on the part of the cigarette companies that a lot of times, a lot of those awards are punitive in nature to punish. If you think about the old Ford Pinto case where uh, they purposely did not repair their gas tanks for the old Ford Pinto, they knew it was a problem. They knew in a, just a moderate rear end that it could be combustible, uh, that they made an executive decision not to spend, you know, $500 a car or whatever it was to repair the, you know, hundreds of thousands because Pintos were a very popular car at one time and there was a bunch on the road. And uh, to have a recall would have cost them a fortune. So they purposely looked the other way, and this poor fella got rear-ended in a routine fender bender. His car blew up, and he had 90% of the skin burned off his body. Well, when he got that big award, and it was a monster award, 200-something million, a lot of that was also punitive damages to punish Ford because they intentionally left a dangerous gas tank on the road to save money. It was an intentional act on their part uh, and not just some accident or, or, or something like that. And a lot of people get down. They get down on lawyers like myself, you know, and, we, and we're called ambulance chasers and we're called a lot worse than that. Uh, but I'm not sitting there saying that we're in the knights in shining armor. But if it weren't for trial lawyers like myself and others... Um, corporate America would have nothing to reel them in, nothing to make them uh, be safer. So a lot of the things that we see or read about are because of the threat of lawsuits. So I think if you look at our nation and compare it to other nations, we're so much safer, and a lot of the safety mechanisms that we have or, or have been imposed, and that's when we hear about the recalls. So nowadays, these companies are very quick to recall, not because they've become benevolent over time. It's because the fear of lawsuits, that if they don't do the recall, that they'll be in a, in a up of many verdicts, including punitive damages, uh, for, their, for their negligent actions. So uh, it's just a reality. So anyway, I... I like I said, it, it, maybe it sounds a little bit dry, and I, I apologize for that. But, uh, you know, I, 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 this is a legal talk show, so I can't make it all, uh, you know, just uh, scintillating or exciting. But if you wish to call us on any type of injury case, because primarily what we do at our law firm is I'd say 90% of all the cases we handle are car wrecks. So that's the most common way of being injured. We handle a lot of dog bites. We probably have more dog bites than any law firm in the panhandle. Uh, but, again, dog bites happen every now and then, but not to the degree of car wrecks. 
and we also look at slip falls and all that. But we have slip falls are a lot more difficult, uh, so we screen them because uh, there's there's a lot of protections for defendants on slip falls. So the burden of proof is a lot higher uh, on slip falls. But we look at them and we do take them uh, on a selective basis. But if you wish to call us, it's very easy. Uh, in Pensacola, 850-434-3333. We have a great website. We're always tweaking our website. It's grossandschuster.com, S-C-H-U-S-T-E-R, grossandschuster.com. Um, it's a blast. I looked, it was 64 pages. We have pages on punitive damages. So if you just caught the end of this discussion, you can go to our website. There it is. We have uh, most of the topics we topic, talk about, uh, no-fault law, uninsured motorists, car wrecks, slip falls, maritime, products liability, medical malpractice. We have pages on these. And, and if you have an injury case that we cannot help you with for some reason, we know the lawyers to send you to. Uh, we, we, we certainly are well-connected. And uh, we, I, we have a lot of lawyers we work with out of uh, Louisiana, out of Mississippi, Alabama, and Tennessee, and Georgia. Uh, very well connected. I just settled a case with a very good lawyer up in Delaware. Uh, so we have a lot of our clients that are out of state, and they have an accident, and they come back here. We can still represent you because your medical treatment will be here. And, of course, your lawsuit will be up uh, there. Uh, so... Um, anyway, and we, and uh, it's funny, there's an ad out on one of these lawyers on TV and he makes it like he's, it's something really novel or new when he says that we'll represent you for free unless we win. Well, duh, every lawyer's got that deal. I mean, it's called the contingency fee. It's a percentage and we're all regulated. So all lawyers charge the same, but they're actually, we see a lot of these lawyers advertising and they're not even from here. I mean, they're not even from the Panhandle, and they're advertising all over. They're either from Alabama or South Florida, and and all I've done is practice my entire career in the Panhandle. We have uh, the five offices in the four county area, and we represent people throughout the four county area. But again, we do take Alabama cases. My son uh, Rhett is licensed in Alabama, so if you've been injured in Alabama, of course we can take the case. And sometimes we bring in an Alabama lawyer. Sometimes we keep it under our roof. It just depends. Uh, but it's always been a pleasure to, to speak with everybody. Uh, if anybody wishes to uh, call me, it's very simple. Just call the office. A question about this program, a question about that case, 850-434-3333, or visit us on the web at grossandschuster.com. Terrence A. Gross, thank you again. Grossandschuster.com for more information. Like Terry mentioned, you can go online to take a look even more into the subject he covered today, punitive damages. Uh, I'm Jenna Bar.